Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting the show. If you want to check us out on all of our social media platforms, check us out on Twitter at Tinfoil Hat Cast. On Instagram at Tinfoil Hat Pod. Uh, you can find us on Reddit. Uh, it's reddit.com backslash r backslash Tinfoil Hat Show. Or all comedy t shirts.com. If you have any suggestions for future guests or topics, go ahead and email us at tinfoilhatpod at gmail.com. Tinfoil hat. Tinfoil hat. Hey man, where's hey, that truth there, dog? Tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Are you ready to get your mind blown? Revolution will be podcasted. Oh yeah, well, welcome back to another fun festive episode. Tinfoil hat. You know who I am. Joining me in studio. Uh, you guys have asked me to put together a team of extraordinary assassins, and uh, I am doing that now, okay? Uh, joining me on the uh, ones and twos over here, well, Aaron's on the ones and twos, so I guess you'd be on the threes and fours. Uh, he's a conspiracy theorist. Uh, I need diversity on a show, so I believe he's in the Hispanic areas, right? Yes, 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 Mexican. Okay, so full-on Mexican. That's how good I'm going. You want California conspiracies? I got a Mexican here, dog, okay? Proud to, uh, he's going to be joining me. Uh, he's going to be running the board, all that stuff, and uh, I'm very excited he's going to be doing some audio stuff. So please welcome Xavier Oh, Guerrero, Guerrero, everybody. Yeah, Guerrero, but it's going to be Xavier G from here on. Yeah, just there we go. just know G. that. There will be none of that. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. Uh, you work for my good friend, George Perez, and you do some shows with uh, on his podcast. Uh, I saw you, I believe it was uh, Tuesday night at the store, and you were like, dude, I love your podcast. I heard you, you were uh, looking for somebody to help out, and you, uh, you offered to help out. Yep, yep. And it's very cool. Uh, you do have a drive-in, so we're going to say this is going to go as long as you enjoy the drive-in. At one fine. point, you, you're going to be like, fuck this drive, and, I, and, and I'll ghost out again. How do you say ghost in Spanish? Fantasma. Yeah, you're going to fantasma me, okay? <laughs> I got one from a white guy, and I'm like, so uh, most likely the next person will be black or gay. So we're just going to go through the whole stuff. Um, some dates real quick I want to get into. Uh, real quick, October 3rd. Uh, it's the, yes, an evening of, could you put that on the screen, bud? An evening of Sam Tripoli and his weirdo friends live at the Brea Improv. Tickets are available. At, uh, you can just go, all these shows, you can get to go to samtripoli.com. Okay, I got, it's a killer lineup. Mike Tully from the Jason Ellis Show, Kate Quigley, George Perez, and the Smash Brothers will be live with myself. That is October 3rd at the Brea Improv. And then October 6th, which is Saturday, it is Punch Drunk's live UFC viewing party. UFC 229 viewing party and stand-up. Uh, we're going to be viewing the fights, Conor McGregor versus Nomanamanikov. And they'll be fighting. And then after that, we're going to be doing a live stand-up show at the dojo. The lineup is huge. Uh, Jason Tebow, Kate Quigley, uh, Dana Shane O'Neill, and the list goes on and on. Again, those tickets are available at samtriplee.com. And then finally, we will be Philadelphia. Yes, Philadelphia the 12th and Syracuse the 14th. October 12th, the punchline in Philly. And then October 
14th, the Syracuse Funny Bone. It is myself, Eddie Bravo, the Tinfoil Hat Comedy Night. We uh, It's going to be great. We got some locals coming out. Chad Zumach will be in Syracuse, you know, for the Punch Drunk Show. A lot of great stuff going on with that. So we're super excited. And go check out the Patreon. I'm going to be dropping more and more stuff on Patreon. Go to patreon.com backslash tinfoil hat. I think there's a link on there real quick. At the bottom of the page, it should be right there. Yeah, click that link. <laughs> Bam, right there. Yeah, that's the one. We're going to get this dog. Keep doing that one. Okay, fuck it then. Go to Patreon. We're dropping knowledge left and right. Anybody with us still, thank you so much. I know a couple of you, Jack, left. I accept the challenge, okay? I'm putting together an elite squad called the Suicided Squad, and I promise you this show will go next level with Xavier G over there, okay? <laughs> We're going to make this fucking happen. So I'm super excited. So that's it. That's the business. Oh, real quick. This show is brought to you by our good friends at BetDSI. BetDSI for all your betting needs, right? Go to BetDSI. Use the promo code TINFOIL1, uh, tinfoil okay? And you can get a ton. Let me see what that – I'll tell you at the end of the show what the actual promo code is. I should look that up. But go to them. Use our promo code. I'll get you that, and I'll tweet it out. And you can make bets on everything. You can make bets on everything. We sh- and you don't think there's conspiracies in sports? Huh? <laughs> How about the fuck that the fact that the Nationals didn't pick sure, pitch Serger? Huh? How about that, Aaron? The guy was talking about how Scherzer wanted to pitch the last game so he could knock the Rockies out. And guess who didn't pitch? Yeah. Max Scherzer. Why? Because that Major League Baseball probably called him up and go, listen, we need a game. We need a 163. Could you not pitch this guy? Because we'd like the Rockies to win. Or he might have been on short rest. Or why would, But he's not pitching again. And yeah. he said he wanted to pitch. But and you don't pitch a guy on short rest just because. Okay. Well, you know what? Once again, Aaron's fucking closed mind. <laughs> Isn't open to the fact that there are dark hands at work all hey, over the hey, world. Hey, I would have loved somebody to pitch to get the fucking Cardinals into the, into the playoffs. And you guys happen. didn't deserve it. You weren't a good team, so that's why you weren't there. You just you okay. Just quiet your mouth. Do you get me? All right, enough with the business. I can't wait to hear this on YouTube. Dude, five minutes in. Still didn't talk about blah, blah, blah. Okay? It's business. We got to take care of business here. But I appreciate you all being part of the show. It is only going to grow. Haters going to hate. Haters going to hate. And you're with me. I love you. If this show goes down to five people listening, I will promise you I will still do the show with five people. I will rock those five people. So if you're with me, I appreciate it. Stay with me. It's only going to grow. I'm telling you, I'm getting the tribes together. It's all coming. We got to work together to get out there and have a good time. I mean, so much shit's going on behind the scenes you guys don't even know. But we're super excited to have our next guest on. Um, he does a podcast, a very, uh, a very fun podcast, it's something I'm very interested in, which is the paranormal U- UFOlogy. Uh, he is a ghost hunter, if I'm correct. And uh, he's got a great podcast called Me and Paranormal You. Okay, please welcome Ryan Singer. How hey, are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Dude, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate you. Um, how do you think uh, Xavier's doing? So far, so great. So far, it. so great. And as a lifelong Cincinnati Reds fan, I have to say, one of the only times I've been rooting for the St. Louis Cardinals was to keep, and I'm going to get killed for this, but the Dodgers. I wanted the Dodgers out. Uh, why? Because I hate big payrolls. As a, as a Reds fan, the small market team, we can't. 
we can't buy players. I'm with you on getting And that. so, like, I'm against anyone who spends the most money. So it used to be the evil empire, the Yankees, yeah. and it was the Red Sox. And then the Dodgers were spent. Whoever's spending the most money, I'm against. Can I just tell you why I believe, and I'm a Dodger fan, because I, and I could be completely biased here, and I'm willing to take both your opinions on this. The Dodgers are different in the sense that this, they don't just buy the 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 uh, big like the, you know the reason we hated the, the the Yankees is because they would just buy everybody's best player. We actually use our farm system and we we trade assets. We we have we have built assets up in order to trade for people. So it's a different thing than I'll George Steinbrenner just like hey uh, here's fifty million this guy and you're like but we're Ohio we can't afford that. It's a to- it's a different game. I'm not saying you're totally wrong in that. But they're, they're, we're giving assets for assets. I'm hoping we trade. I'm hoping you trade one of your assets to us in this offseason because you, you need a second baseman. Dude? Scooter Jeanette killed you guys this year. Yeah, he hit like 600 against you. You need yeah. a second baseman. Yeah, uh, I want Julio Urias. I want that guy. I want that kid. That you pitcher. know what, man? I'm not. We were holding on to him, but he may be available. I want him. So you get him straight up for Scooter. Let's oh. make the deal, <laughs> dude. Let's talk to somebody. <laughs> let's talk to. Some, I'm down with that, dude. We need to get something for that kid. I mean, like, I follow him on Instagram, dude. You know, like, he had the, we kept him, we didn't get certain big pictures because we wanted to keep that kid. I mean, the kid had, you know, bad luck with the injury and the surgery and everything, but. I think he'll bounce back. I think uh, so. Real quick, so tell me about your podcast, and then you could tell me about your album dropping. Okay, cool. Uh, well, the podcast, Me and You, I started, I think it was over four years ago. I was just fascinated with having conversations with people who have everyday paranormal experiences, right? I mean, everybody we know, I mean, not everybody, but everybody has been at least at one point fascinated by the mystical, the supernatural, the unexplainable. And there are so many people amongst us who in the last few years really have started like coming out of the attic and talking about their experiences with ghosts or other unexplainable Is that above stuff. the closet? That's above the closet. Okay, yeah. I like and, that. Uh, so like that. what you have is you have, like, you know, you know how it is. We live in the Western world. Right. And, and all these things, I believe in the interconnectivity of everything, right? So we live in the Western world where science is the new high priest, right? And, like, and that is the most real statement ever said. The... The, the push to make everybody believe everything that scientists say is the new religious shame. You know yeah, what I'm it saying? It really is. Scientific shame keeps people hidden. It keeps people from sharing their – and I've had crazy things that I've experienced. Um, and I know we're going to talk about like ghosts and things like that at, at this point. But I've had things that have made me feel crazy, right, um, because of people's reaction to them. Uh, like years ago, I dated a woman who unexplainably could shapeshift, right? I, another woman who had precog dreams of the future. Um, and then there's all these other things, right? But you talk about this stuff publicly. You just you're dropped crazy. that like that. Yeah, wasn't, yeah right? <laughs> we'll definitely get right into But that's what started the podcast. He's got yeah. vampires, magic mushrooms. He just doesn't do ghosts. He does yeah. it all. I'm looking at his website uh, the, uh, his last episode. Yeah. yeah, so we have uh, we. That's like my origin story, right? Like I met this woman. Crazy stuff happened. Now I'm like, what else is possible I that they've it's told all me? Possible. Exactly. That's the biggest thing. Like I, in the spectrum, I'm way over here, and on the other side is that guy over there. That, like a year and something of us doing the show, he still believes none of it, and I believe. All of it's possible. But the problem is I have to vet everything to make sure there, there is some uh, validity to what's going on because we're in an information war and there's just so much so much propaganda to, to just shish kebab your brain. Kind yeah, of what your you're credibility uh, can be just – it can be undermined real quick if uh, someone – 
really wants to do it, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, all this access to information and to even people, right? But, but the one thing I found from doing the podcast all these years is that it's, it's strange that people will experience extraordinary things, right? And then even with people, even when it's a shared experience, which lends credibility to a lot of people, right? Like, well, there was another person there. Like, have you heard about how people, like, share the same dream? Yeah, I've never When they're both asleep. That. That- like, they both wake up and they've had the same dream. That is like, oh, shit. I mean, that blows my mind, right? But, like, now there's another person there. So other people are more willing to be like, okay. And I get the skeptic. We need the skeptic. The skeptic is the believer's best friend. Because I will float off the globe and spin out into the universe, right? If I don't have a skeptic every once in a while, I'll be like, well, let me ask you one question. (laughs) But you do admit it's a globe. So that's good. Yes, I do admit it's a globe. (laughs) And that is a... uh, You asshole. That is a really funny... Because, I mean... uh, Yeah, there's a whole... Yeah, I mean... I gave you that Freemason. I, all this shit is too connected, and like I can go off onto a million different things. So, but uh, but the podcast has really helped me meet people that I never would have had the chance to meet, or even people I know become close to in a way that I never would have anticipated. I always tell people, man, like I, there's some. I, I like to tell young people like the lessons I've learned. And the big thing I tell them is like when they start a podcast, like anything is possible. There are people who nobody knew start a podcast and now they're living the life they've always wanted to do. And the key is to find something, one, that you love and two, that there's a whole, basically I, want, I, I say a subreddit for that. There's a, almost like a subreddit on Reddit that has all these people that are into it. And I goes kind of thinking subreddits like that. And that's why your podcast does really well. And that's why this podcast re- resonated because there is a whole a community a world that's so like he's on it i would never have, you know he worked with my friend but we would never be working oh, together he don't, be- he don't believe in this shit he, i know <laughs> well, right. well you know what there's there's something about the people who've been through a ton of trauma this one started learn really early in their life 10 and i'm this is not apply to aaron because he's just midwestern but the rest <laughs> of them it's like when they're very much through a lot of trauma in their life they want to believe in something and it's usually this official narrative, whether they're like, I used to have a buddy of mine who's like, had so much trauma. And like, I used to call him a, a good looking guy with ugly people problems. Like he would just have like, <laughs> that's why he was so handsome, but he could relate to everybody because he went through so much shit. And, but he believed this like official narrative, you know, like whether it was 9-11, they're like, oh, you know, they're, they, they attacked us. You're like, no, dude, it's not real. But he wants to believe in it because he went through so much shit. He has to, for some reason, you got to believe in something. Dude. And it's a dangerous game when you try to shape beliefs forcibly. And I, mean, I, I don't think, I think you and I are like in this, in the way that we don't have any interest in like, make, change your mind, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Like, that's not what it's about. For me, it's more fun to believe. It's more fun to believe in something. Uh, now, whatever somebody else wants to believe in, they can go ahead and do it. If it makes them a better person, adds value to their life, and doesn't hurt nobody. Go ahead and believe it, man. Like, I'm into it. Um, like, I tell people, like, all oh, this stuff is so crazy. It's like, oh, leprechauns are real? I'm like, go over to Ireland and tell people <laughs> leprechauns are bullshit, and you'll get punched in the face. I mean, like, yeah, that might be an exaggeration for comedic right, effect, right, but, right, like, right. it all depends on your, your, your experience and your perspective. No, and, uh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And, you know, like, without getting into the too darkest stuff, um, it, you know, if you look at this Pedalgate stuff, and you know, it's like... Well, why has anybody come forward? You're like, well, people come forward all the time. Just the news outlets that you choose 
and, and use as validation, choose not to let you know about them. So this information, back to leprechauns, there are probably people out there who have a belief in leprechauns, seen leprechauns, whatever the leprechaun is, but Rachel Meadows is never going to tell you about the fucking leprechauns. It's just, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. No, she wants her corporate sponsorship. Yeah, so it's like it's just not going to happen. So, like, you... You know, I have these rules of the Ronin I have, and it's like for political, like I don't join any groups. I don't, I don't defend anybody I don't know. I don't defend any decision I wasn't a part of. Number four is what you talk about. I do not give knowledge to those who do not seek it. That was a very important thing because, you know, for the first time ever in my life at the comedy store, I got physically touched because not like in a molesting way, but like <laughs> you want to fucking rumble kind of way over uh, what's going on in Washington, D.C. Like, this guy was so angry because he was such a Hillary person, and he's from there, so he's like, because he didn't see it means it wasn't happening, and he got so angry with me that he kept touching me, and I had to, like, go, hey, dude, enough of that shit. So I learned right there, I can't give knowledge to these people if they're not looking for it. I go, do you yeah. want to know? And if they want to know, I'll have a discussion with them. And the problem is we attach our identity to our our beliefs, right? And, and whatever, and the ego attachment, all that kind of stuff. But it's – and like so when someone attacks your belief in just a topic or something, now they're attacking you fundamentally, right? And that's what we see in the divisiveness of this country that we're, that we're in. It's so stark. But like there is hope out there, I believe. And the hope is in the person. I mean, because we've made it through an ice age somehow. In some form, we made it through an ice age. We're going to be – we're going to make it one way or the other, right? Uh, I mean, we used to be rolling around in our own shit. Now, I don't know if it's evolution <laughs> now that we have smartphones. I mean, because I don't think a bird would destroy the environment if it was in charge. Right, right. right. So, like, um, you know, especially in this city, I mean, all you have to do is hike to the top of one of these hills or mountains, and you can see the layer of brown. Oh. It's like a Neapolitan. Um, <laughs> and you're just like, oh, we are doing that. You know, uh, now to what scale it affects everything else. I, I'm not a scientist. I can't tell you all that. But I do know that my air breathing, I'll wake up with bloody noses. I didn't do that in Ohio. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, For sure. So there's all kinds of stuff. But, like, when it comes to, like, the paranormal specifically, and it's, it's, not, it's definitely not a new thing. I mean, for me, the history of ghost hunting, I, I like to call it investigating, paranormal investigations, because, I don't know, hunting is a little too aggressive for me, because yeah. like, you, can't, you, know, you, you can't kill a ghost. You know? yeah. Like, the joke is, like, what's a ghost hunter's trophy room yeah. look like? You walk into an empty room, it's like, oh, yeah, I got that one yeah. in uh, Arkansas. <laughs> you see those stupid <laughs> yeah. pictures that these rich people have? They got their guns standing over yeah, like yeah. nothing. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's like, I don't know, I do love going on investigations and, you know, the scientific method is the number one thing people say. Well, the scientific method is thrown out the window. This is all pseudoscience. It's all New Age Woo. New Age Woo is one of my favorite New phrases. New Age Woo is the best term I've ever heard yeah. in my life. Yeah. It's, uh, By know, the way, that's the name of the episode. New Age Woo. <laughs> yeah, New Age Woo. Uh, dude, I'm like New Age Woo. Like, yeah. that's like, that should be a boy band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I love all that stuff. But like the, you know, in the television shows in the last, I guess it's been 18 years or even longer now have really popularized like the ghost hunt, you know, and there's right. paranormal societies that were around long before all that stuff. But, um, and I think it was like the late 19th century was like the founding of the, uh, society of psychical research over in England. And, and you could go look them up right now and you could become a member online if you wanted to donate. But, um, I think it was 1936. I, I wrote it down just because, you know, it's like, it's nice to have information like 1936, this guy, uh, Harry Price, he wrote the first book, as far as I can tell from my research, Confessions of a Ghost Hunter. So that was, you know, 80 years ago now. Yeah. Um, so this isn't like some new thing. 
that people have always, I mean, I would argue that if you believe in Jesus and you believe in like the rising from the tomb, or yeah. like, that's like a ghost sighting. Yeah, for you sure. You know what I mean? That's a ghost sighting. And I think there was even a ghost sighting referenced in the first, oh God, I could be getting the, the Epic of Gilgamesh, which is like, I think the first written text, the oldest written thing we have, right? Um, there's even allusions to like ghosts and that. So it's like, the it's Bible something, has yeah. like all this psychic shit in it. You know, we were talking about in the last episode, like people having visions and stuff like that. Right. Jesus was a ghost. So there is like a, a history of like the paranormal. Yeah. And to find evidence, like, Going back to what we were saying earlier, it's like it's not my interest to be like, you need to believe this. Yeah. My interest is, hey, look what we found. Yeah. What do you think? Because to me, it's there's two big things in Paranormal Town. The two main thoroughfares are ufology and ghosts. UFOs and ghosts. Aliens and ghosts. Like and every other side street, you know, is a product of those two. Right. In, in, considering all the conspiratorial side streets, and those are mostly back alleys. Yeah. Right. Shady but, shit. Uh, because I just re- I just finished this book last night called uh, The Day After Roswell, written by uh, – he's no longer with us – Lieutenant Colonel Phil Corso. Uh, and he was in charge of the Roswell, like they called it the nut file, like right in the Pentagon and stuff. For General Trudeau, this guy who was in charge of like research and development for the Army. And it's – crazy all this stuff that he's talking about and some people have tried to discredit him saying he's taking credit for things that he didn't do but it's like dude this dude was a lifer you know what i mean high level security clearance has all the information about roswell people like there's no evidence of ufos it's like you're not looking it's there it's on you now if you say that there's no such thing as ufos and aliens ghosts is a little more tricky we don't have a ghost car that crashed in outside of roswell new mexico Right. right? right um but I would argue that there is collective evidence over time from millions of people. You think who have EVP had, things do anything? Do you, EVPs you, are really interesting. And um, electronic voice phenomena, I, I guess if people are like, what's an EVP? But um, it's just like a digital recorder, essentially, of some kind recording. Like you ask a question and be like, hey, hey if someone's there, say something or make, make, a, make a noise move an object. And all the ghost investigations I've gone on, spoiler alert, I've never like had an experience where I'm like, holy shit, that was a ghost. I just saw it. I right. caught it on camera right. or things like that. Um, but, you know, thousands, millions of people have told stories about seeing something, whether it's a, you know, a lot of times it's a relative uh, or a family member of some kind. That, I've like, seen shit. I mean, I've seen it at the comedy store. I, I've said it before on this podcast. I've One of the most famous haunted places uh, two in the city. instances where I've seen shit. And I've said before, I've seen an image move in front of a, this beam of light that there was no... I couldn't find where this light was coming. There, the source of this bright light in this black room. It was, it was, a, it was the, the lobby of the main room. It was pitch black. And there was this white light that there was no source for it. Because all the lights were off, and the only light source was from the, 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 the door at the front, which was just a glass window, and the light, the street lights. So, but, but this thing was so white, it would have to be bing, 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 and hit that. And it did, there was, it was, and then I was just looking at it, I'm like, where's that light coming from? And then just something whoosh, passed right in front of it. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> to me, that's amazing. Like to be able to like experience that and see it. Because if we know these two things about the, you, uh, aliens and ghosts, right? If we know that death isn't real, our illusion, our our idea of death 
is an illusion. What do you right? mean by that? Like if if once we're dead, quote unquote dead, the way we see it, the way we understand it now, meaning that that's not the end. That this energy, this consciousness that exists outside of our body continues on in some way, fashion, or form, right? And if we also know that we're not alone in the intergalactic neighborhood, dude, everything changes. Everything changes from the very bottom to the tippy top. Um, To me, probably the biggest political issue is disclosure uh, of aliens and UFOs and and all this kind of stuff. But like ghosts too. Like I don't know. You don't really see stories like – there's no like X-Files about ghosts, about like a government entity that's been controlling information, uh, not letting it out about afterlife and things like that. But there are – brilliant minds working in universities and labs all around the world who are trying to study this stuff and they have been for a long time because if once we know that consciousness continues or soul or spirit or whatever we want to call it continues on in some way that changes the way we live our lives for sure and it's very interesting you brought up a great point that there is no vested financial or power interest in proving ghosts, meaning the government doesn't gain anything by going, oh yeah, you don't. Di- when you die, you just get reabsorbed into the universe, or you float around and you you haunt people while they masturbate in their bedrooms, mm-hmm. or whatever that may be, right? So it's like a very interesting take that there's no real push for the development of ways to find ghosts or do any of that. Yeah, stuff. like ghost technology didn't help us in the Cold War against yeah, Russia, for sure. Like, no. like, but I will say that, like. To me, it, like I have to be careful sometimes because when I lose my sense of humor about anything I believe in, I become an asshole, right? right. I think that's why nobody wants to listen to an asshole. Right, right. And, uh, but I believe so deeply in disclosure and also in my belief in ghosts, specters, but why, spirits. Why, how are those two connected? That's such a weird – I guess it's not a weird one, but it is a weird kind of ghosts and UFOs. How are they in a connection that those are the two things that you mostly – focus on because they are two different genres of even if i don't even know if ghosts fall under conspiracy i would say so because there's a discussion well, of whether the, yeah. they exist or not i would say that they're definitely under the umbrella of paranormal conspiracy i don't know either yeah um, but i guess you could make an argument for it probably easily if you want if you really wanted to but the for me being raised catholic going to catholic school for 12 years was a maniac growing up thought i was going to be a priest uh, up until I hit puberty, and I realized, no, I want to use that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so... Do you think that law, that rule, if it hadn't been... No. It would be a different Catholic church? I think it would be slightly different, yes. But I don't think that uh, it would have changed the fact that it is a... It became a harbor of those types of people uh, where they felt like they could go. Because now, you, now you're an authority figure. And I mean... We talk about it in, in, as comics, like having a crowd. And I think that's the beauty of podcasts over the last 10 years. It's like now you have crowds who listen, right, and on purpose. And, you know, because comedy clubs around the country have turned into these places where it's like, hey, come here and drink a bunch and yeah. listen a little. Yeah. When yeah. it should be the opposite. It should yeah. be listen a bunch and drink a little. Yeah. Right? But now podcasts, now you have an audience of listeners. And they show up and they're on board and they're listening, right? Um, so for me, like a priest is the has the ultimate audience. When you're a pre uh, a pastor or a preacher, now you have a captive audience saying, "I'm going to pay attention to what this performer says because the 
the uh, the fate of my eternal soul yeah. rests on. That's a captive audience. The biggest yeah. guy of them all is yeah. is, is basically uh, uh, sitting there going, "This is the guy you got to listen to." It's almost like a friend of mine uh, was opening for bands on the road, and um, this big comic told him the best way to survive this act because you know when you open for a band and they don't know there's comics there, it could be hell. Yeah. But what he said was, "Get the band to vouch for you." Go, hey, man, before we come out, this is our boy. Uh, he's going to do some comedy. We love him. So if we love him and we know you're going to love him, give him a chance. Well, what's the big no, – there's no bigger voucher than God saying, hey, man, exactly. this dude knows what he's talking about. Everybody listen. Not only does he know what he's talking about, I have chosen him to speak for me. Yeah, yeah. So not only – he's, like, giving you stuff that, like – I put in his head like he's the only one who's got access to my yeah, thoughts yeah, yeah, yeah. and so they're like oh I get to hear what God thinks yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah. me you know? and so to me that's like such authority so now you have I think a place where you've set up access to children ultimate authority never question and you confess your sins to those people like as another person so now they know all your secrets they know the secrets of the town Right. Yeah. So, like, when well, you think of it, that way, like, yeah. it was just some people, like, oh, you gotta get, a, you know, in in recovery, which I do, you write down, you know, you basically sit down, you tell everybody all the shady shit you did, so you can let it go and realize that one, you're not the only one doing that, and two, it's like it's in the past. You you admit it to it's in the past. You move on. But when you look at that shit, you know, what were they really helping you uh, absolve your sins, or were they collecting info? Yeah. On what shady shit you were doing. Now, granted, they have to have pretty good memories, or they're taking notes back there because you can't really see them, or whatever. But uh, you know, I, I've never really considered the consp- conspiratorial nature of them just collecting all the the Welcome high the information, right? or the voice. But, um, the voice. But it's definitely yeah. it's definitely a possibility. So when you so when you're that person and you know going in like oh that's a good spot to be in, um, not only will people not challenge me, um, now I know all the dirt on them. Yeah. So it's like you can't do this. Well, oh, you know what? You know what you can't do. Remember yeah. what you told me two months ago? Yeah. Uh, I will ruin this town, right? So uh, so I think it still would have been a harbor for those people. Uh, unfortunately, um, it is weird though how other religions, at least seemingly, don't have this this plague. Uh, well, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I think it's a little bit more uh, prevalent than some people would think. I think, I, I, you know, we believe I believe in in dark motives, in that now that there's this kind of push that Hollywood and uh, Washington D.C. are involved in a lot of dark shit, that why not throw the you know the good old boys back under the bus, and I'm not absolving them because I, I don't know why they're still operating. You know, I just found out some crazy stuff like that there's an international warrant out for the Pope that if he goes to certain countries that they will arrest him and that they've Interpol's actually gone to the Vatican to try to arrest and that because it's a sovereign state, the one of three in the world that are part of no country, pay no taxes, files no laws of anybody else, that's the Vatican, uh, City of London in England, and the UN, they pay no taxes to anybody. They, they literally have to file no rules. Uh, that they, that the, basically the, the guard said, nope, you can't come in. And they, they had no right to go in there. Uh, I do believe it happens a lot more than you think, but that because Hollywood pushes very hard the narrative of everything, that the Catholic Church is the one that they push out. I would tell you within uh, – when I, go to Af- when I uh, did uh, uh, tours for the USO in Afghanistan, something called 
uh, Man Love Thursdays. The men would go in the mountains, make love. That making uh, them hooking up with young boys was very prevalent over there. Excuse me if I spit on you right there. But the uh, <laughs> I saw it going. No, I wanted to grab it. Um, but that that's very prevalent over there. And that I would tell you that within the, the, you know any religion, I don't want to get into the that, that there is this push, there is a dark side to that. Then that for me, the Catholic Church gets pushed out the most because politically, they can either one take it and it doesn't cause other people the, to be consumed in that. So it's always like, oh, look at the Catholic Church, and I think the that there's a lot of other people involved in it. And it, to me, it's not like a religion; it's it's certain individuals. And I would say it's a little more prevalent. And what robe do they happen to be wearing? Yeah. Uh, you know, or what invisible thing in the sky do, sure. they, do they happen to pray to? But yeah, so it's, it's for me like all of that religious upbringing is a blueprint for mystical belief systems. Right? Yeah. Um, and not only that, I was a maniac when I was a kid. I thought I was – I had a grandmother. We used to, I used to call her Grandma Jesus because she would, she would tell me about like a diary that was found in an archaeological ruin that foretold of the end times, right, and that Jesus was coming back in her lifetime. She's been dead for about 10 years. <laughs> um, but like so, so if you have a 10-year-old child out there, you know, time to like, you know, check their palms. Uh, well, you know, you know it's interesting. Stigmata, but <laughs> is that there are a bunch of old people out there. Who I believe so much of this is about the the apocalypse and the end of times that they, they, these old people like your grandmother buy into this so long and then it was getting like oh shit man it's almost about to strike midnight I, I don't have much longer here when's this party gonna start man yeah, exactly and uh, I had been convinced by her that and I don't want to like misattribute memories and like throw her under the bus you know. But, or the mystical bus, but like I was pretty much convinced that by her that the Virgin Mary would come to me in a vision, right? That was very special. And this is just something that everyone's parents and grandparents tell their offspring. Right. You're very special. Yeah. But when I hear that, I'm like, I'm the most special, aren't yeah, I, Grandma? I right? that, so dude. I thought I was like, <laughs> I thought I was like God next, God's next chosen leader, because because yeah. Jesus is definitely coming back before Grandma dies. Yeah. The war of good and evil <laughs> will happen. Yeah, Ryan Singer is going to be on the front line. Yeah. you son of a bitch. And I called myself the peacemaker. I ran around <laughs> school breaking up fights. Like I had the mass memorized by like ten years old. Right, I would get in trouble at Catholic mass because I'd be every Friday morning at school we'd have to go to mass. And I'd be performing it. I'd be doing this, and I'd get in trouble. They're like, "You're mocking the ceremony," and I would be like, "You don't know who you're talking to." <laughs> oh my! You know, God. to like in the sisters and the priests, there would be like, "You're, we need to reel this in a little bit, right?" And so then, you know, I get out of that game, and then I'm like, "Well, what else is that?" Oh, stand up, right? Because my mom would be like, "Oh yeah, I, I walked by your room once, and your you and your brother were talking about what you wanted to be when you grew up." And your brother, you asked your brother, and he said, I want to be like an Air Force pilot. He's like, what do you want to be? I was like, I want to be a priest, because I just see myself up there on that stage. Mm -hmm. And I tell everyone, Mass is in a go in peace of love and serve the Lord, and they all listen to me. I get that. So it's like, I called it a stage. So like, I clearly just wanted to be paid attention. Yeah. Hey, people always ask me, when did you realize you wanted to be a comic? And I tell them the God honest truth. I do not remember a time where I didn't want to be a comic. I wanted to be a comic before I even knew there was a term for what I wanted to do. I just knew that I just wanted to entertain people. I just wanted to just sit up there. I mean, I was doing stand-up in kindergarten like I would just get on my desk and just start racking What's the me. deal with sippy cups? Yeah. <laughs> right? So I like I knew that at a very young age man. So uh, yeah. I get that dude to like have this kind of and there's a blessing to that too because like you knew 
where you had a destination, like you put into your sure. life ways and the fucking it told you where to go. Some people don't get that shit, but it's like very early to have a blessing to know you want to get into that. Yeah, and so like, but a lot of that mystical blueprint or imprinting that was put inside of me from my grandma and then just from school. My grandma was crazier than most uh, when it came to the mystical, like visions, ghosts, all these things happening. Right? What like nationality big was she? Miracles. She was. Um, I think she was uh, my mom actually just texted me last night her 23 and me was 73% uh Wales English or like England and Wales Anglo-Saxon then your mom Yeah yeah and then 27% Irish and Scottish Okay and my dad's side of the family is probably f- reverse of that mostly Irish and Scottish and then maybe a little bit of, and with some German and French very euro well. very, very euro. euro very euro and um she texted me to apologize that she doesn't still doesn't know where my curly hair comes from and uh, that was like, I was like, it's a, you don't have to apologize for not having, you know, <laughs> African-American blood. Or she thought there was like the Spaniard. She thought it was going to be the Spaniard blood. Anyway, so all that like ghost shit, like visions, ghosts, spirits, like I've been into it ever since the beginning. I don't remember not knowing what hell was. That's a very powerful thing, you know, yeah. when you're a kid. Like I can't remember a time I learned about hell it just always was real for me right so like it was very powerful for me like informing me but like the ghosts and the ideas of what are these things that people are seeing to me it's like one of the most important things in the world like proving that this consciousness or this energy that we have continues on because after my grandpa died her her father grandma jesus's husband he lived for a while after her he i was at flappers in Burbank, doing a set. And I always hang out. Like, and I live right by there. I live like five minutes from there. So I, I always hang out and watch the rest of the show or hang out with comics afterwards. And on this particular night, this was a few years ago, I do my set, I walk off stage, and, I'm just, and I know he's sick for the skeptic out there. I know he's sick, right? And he's like 89 years old too. And he's back in Ohio where I grew up. And I walk off stage, and I sit back in the back of the room, and I'm like, I got I to gotta fuck, I got to get out of here. And I leave. And it was like a late set on like a weeknight. So it's a three-hour difference in Ohio time. I'm in my car at like 11.01 p.m. So it's 1 a.m. or something. It's pretty late in Ohio. I, get, I walk to the parking garage, get in my car. I'm driving for 10 seconds, and I get a message from my mom that says, Lieutenant Colonel Lester Clark officially has passed away at, you know, 11 or 1 wow. a.m. on the blah, 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 blah. And I'm like... I knew, I knew he was dead. Yeah, I get that. Like, I, like, and I've got different theories about how one could know. And it's like, because for me, like, we have our DNA. Right. Um, and this is just a crazy scientific theory that I've come up with that I can't prove because I don't have the time or the energy really to try to do it. But, like, we have DNA that we give to our children. Our children give our DNA to their children and so on and so on and so on. So they are not just your family member. They are an extension. They are quite literally an extension of you. And so if you were to take my finger and hit it with a hammer, I would feel that. So if my grandchild uh, has my DNA in them and I am now physically dying, my physical <coughs> form is dying, which yeah. is the most profound physical thing one could do probably – now all the DNA that is from my grandpa, that is my grandpa inside of me, 
knows because I believe in the connectivity of everything. Oh, interesting. Right? And no separation between right. you and me. Every photo is a selfie. Yeah. Like <laughs> now I know I'm dying. I've died. Oh, a part of me has literally died. Um, and a part of him continues to live on. So like I, f- I feel like my body experienced the sensation of death because quite literally part of it died. I get that. Now, to be able to prove that shit to people. Well, isn't there a theory right? that plants carry memory of before, like, meaning like, you know, you know, their parent plant and oh, that, it goes all the way back? And it makes so much sense. I mean, think, we've all seen Planet Earth, too, like when the lizards crack from the shells, crawl from underneath the I sand and run them. to the fucking beach, right? Yep. They've got these, they know. We know shit, too. How do we know shit, dude? Like, how do we, how are we born knowing stuff already? Yeah. Well, that to me is global consciousness. And, uh, oh, dude, did you ever see the TV show Fringe that was on FX? Yeah, I saw Well, uh, Dr. Roger Nelson, um, he's in charge of the Global Consciousness Project. Uh, they use random number generators all around the world. The big one is 9-11, where they had the, the weird readings during 9-11, showing like the whole world was sending so much empathy toward the United States and the victims and stuff, right? That it measured these random number generators went crazy and it wasn't normal readings, right? And I like to try to like incorporate that into like ghost investigations if I could. I just don't really have like the finances to support such a, right. a, a thing. But, um, but like to me, that is like, you know, the global connectivity of everything. And so now you have creatures born who know how to run to the beach, right? So what do we know? When we're born, and what do we forget because we've been shoveled into a system that finds it more beneficial for us to forget, potentially, so we can make their lives better? You hear children who uh, speak of past lives. Oh, shit. It's so much better when they're younger, apparently. Yeah. I mean, and then eventually they do forget all that info. I mean, I've watched... YouTube clips on it, but you yeah, know. Have you, have you heard of the book Many Lives, Many Masters? No. Uh, Dr. Brian Weiss, I believe, is the author's name. He co-wrote it with someone uh, to help him write it. He was like uh, in charge of, if I'm not mistaken, we could Google it. He was in yeah. charge of psychology at Yale, like the psychology department Dr. at Yale. Who? Dr. Brian Weiss. Weiss. W-E-I-S-S. Yeah. And it's one of the most famous books about past lives. And it's about a patient he had. He was not into this New Age woo stuff. And it's about a patient he had that totally convinced him. He was into therapy, like hypnosis, going back to into childhood, but not past life stuff, not going before that. And that accidentally happens, essentially. And so next, you know, he's exploring all these past lives from a client of his or from a patient. And he now believes because in the in-between space, he has conversations with not her in a former life, but now he's having conversations with people separate from her, the masters. Um, and they have information about him personally that there was no way his patient could Hold have on. ever known. So she's talking to somebody, the masters. Well, the masters are talking through her body at oh, this point okay. while she's under. It's not just her being going back. She'll She'll go back to like you know, she's, what's her childhood, she and then she goes too far back, and now she's floating she's in. Channeling them. Yeah, it, essentially, yeah. And they're telling him stuff that about him that nobody else And about the death of one of his children, a baby that he from years ago. Oh, that there's, my that God. That had like a, a very rare disease that there's no way she would have known. 
as just a patient. I had a, I just did a Patreon episode with a friend of mine who just won an, a, an Emmy. So I, I saw so the people listen. They know which one I'm talking about. She literally says she has memories of past lives. And one of them is like she is in a world war. She's a man in a world war and, she, and she's shot and she's dying. And she remembers that she was thinking about how she's never going to see her kid again. Her, she's never going to see her husband again, or her wife again. That her kid is going to grow by, up by himself without a father. And that she can hear the enemies coming. And she's trying to play dead. And this enemy sees her alive. And instead of being mean, kind of walks up to her and holds her hand. And she passes on. And she remembers all that. That's why. Have you ever been past life? Uh, regressed. I've never. I think you'd enjoy it. I would like. If nothing to try. else, you you get a, like a a therapy, or like not a therapy, but like a hypnosis relaxing session out of it. I believe in it. Um, it's it's pretty amazing. But to me, that ties into, you know, afterlife. And when I say afterlife, I don't believe in like heaven or hell in that way. I do believe in dark and light, and you know, good and bad. Well, hell was made up for sure. And isn't hell just basically made off of of one? line in the Bible, which was Lucifer was casted from heaven. And that's really the only reference to anything like that. I'm not an expert in the Bible, but that's why I've been told that, hey, Sam, you don't know anything about the Bible. There's only one reference because I was talking about how Lady Gaga's halftime show, and even though I'm not a religious man in any way, but if you know the story that supposedly of Lucifer, that is, that is the story. And you're like, holy fuck, man. And it's one of the greatest stories ever told. So... Part of me has to like reel back a little bit um, at times because it's one of the most well-known stories. It's one of the, it's an epic tale, and I love Joseph Campbell and the, the you know the, the hero's journey, yeah. and all that stuff. But the so, so sometimes I have to pull back and be like, well, maybe they're not trying to like totally subvertly like send this great message out as much as it's they're just using one of the greatest stories ever told to tell a little story for their performance things like that but you know then you have to remember like well what's the circumstance what's the stage and what's the effect you know uh but anyway so yeah i think for sure there's something going on after we die have you ever noticed that a a lot of ghosts and maybe you're deeper into it than i am that and again i've talked about this before but how a lot of these ghosts come from a violence, like a, a a big violent ending, and like this theory that maybe when we die, our energy gets reabsorbed, and that violence ha- disrupts that reabsorbing, and therefore they're kind of in neither world. They've they're neither no alive, but they're no longer been absorbed by, and they're stuck in between. And this like whether it's your soul or whatever gets reabsorbed into the universe is stuck. Have you ever heard that? That's interesting. I'm not sure I've heard that specifically. Well, I mean, a lot of times people will talk about like what is it, you know like unfinished business, uh, a violent death. A lot of times, you know, and it's in a lot of the pop culture too. Would like that be like the Ouija board? The Ouija board, which is to me, I love the Ouija board. Yeah. Do you um, consider it demons, spirits, or ghosts that you well, talk to on the there? The interesting history about the Ouija board is the Ouija board was one of the most popular party house party games uh, that existed. Um, and then the movie The Exorcist came out. And the Ouija board is what got the girl possessed. And after that movie came out, the bottom fell. everything changed for the Ouija board. It was no longer, oh, we've got the Ouija board. Uh, let's all play the Ouija board, right, <laughs> for fun. <laughs> now it's, 
No. Like, I have a roommate who will not let me keep my Ouija board in the house. <laughs> I have to keep it in the trunk of my car <laughs> because he was raised Catholic, and he's like, don't bring that into my house. I believe that the Ouija board can be potentially an effective tool to communicate with the other side. And I don't think – I have friends who are, you know, like Reiki healers and, you know, tarot readers and, you know, psychic clairvoyant, and they will not touch a Ouija board. They believe that it's bad. To me, I, I think if you do it properly, like you set the stage properly, just like anything else, just like psychedelics, like McKenna would say, it's set and setting. Okay? I love that there's subcultures. Yeah. That to me is the most interesting of <laughs> all the stuff, man. You can tell in your face how much I, you love it. I too. could do <laughs> You know, it's like sometimes we do these shows like, dude, that's not conspiracy. I'm like, it's, 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 it's just the – I hate the word alt, but I don't know another word to say it. And it's just like I love it. I it's love outside of the mainstream, so it's alternative. Yeah. Healers and yeah. vision and all. I like. I love. I want subcultures it. are crazy too. I love them as well. I didn't realize how many subcultures that I didn't even realize exist. I'm sure still to this day. They're like genders. There's you like know 90 we, of them. Yeah, you know how we do like <laughs> you know, like Therians. Yeah. That's a good one. Like those are the people who identify as animals. Um, if you see YouTube videos. Um, and therianthropy is, I think, the basis of like werewolves, you know, stuff like that. So I mean, like shape shifting. So I mean, I mean, I'm very into oh, shape shifting. Oh, we're gonna get back in the But like, so <laughs> anyway, the point is, well, you think I forgot about that? <laughs> <laughs> there's like, there's no end to this. I, like, we've all done shitty jobs, like as comics. One time, I was an MC for dance competitions for like this traveling dance. Co- they went to like different, like not arenas, but big places um, to do dance. And I just sat at a table with a bunch of CDs while. Uh, kids, mostly girls from like the age of like five to like 15 or whatever would dance for 90 seconds and then they'd win or they wouldn't or whatever. And um, it was crazy. Yeah. It's a whole world that I was like, I have no, I had no idea that this yeah. existed. Well, I'm friends with Cato Kalin and like, I, if, I honestly believe if the murders hadn't happened, he would be the, you know, the, uh, what's his face from American Idol that uh, has everything right now. Who's the host of that? Uh, the lead, uh, Ryan. Oh, Ryan Seacrest. Yeah. He would be the Ryan Seacrest. He's that lovable. He's like a, he's just a guy you're like, oh man. Uh, but he now does this like cosplay tour. Like he does all the co- uh, not the comic cons or maybe they are comic cons. I don't know. But they're like they're not the big one. They're like the kind of small. And he just goes around and they're like every week. And he just and there's a whole like cosplay subculture and stuff like that. And, yeah, it's amazing. And it's just there. And I can't imagine if you're doing this gig and you got like five year olds to fifteen year olds. The parents must be just insane. And, like I heard people who worked. For Taylor Swift, then they would go on tour, and like the things Mom would do to get any kind of swag from a Taylor Swift was the, these parents, these moms loved their kids. There was the funniest thing that ever happened, <laughs> and I would always, I would have to be like, "Welcome to the stage, uh, contestant number eighty-seven, Tiffany, dancing to Every Rose Has Its Thorn" or something yeah, like yeah. that." And then I had to mute my mic, yeah, right, so I could do whatever I was doing. One time, this like seven-year-old girl is doing this beautiful dance to ballet or some shit or she's doing ballet dance to like every like some sad song like that right yeah and then from the audience you hear her dad and this is like the confluence of comedy and everything else right in pop culture i hear get her done tiffany (laughs) like in the middle of her beautiful ballet dance and i forgot to mute my microphone and i just said are you fucking kidding me (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my! But luckily, everyone was still laughing at the get her done Tiffany yeah. while she's like pirouetting. It was amazing. But uh, back oh, to shit. the subcultures and Sub, the, the subcultures. Yeah, the. And I think that's what like paranormal investigators. There is a, it's a huge subculture. Like there's this thing called Alien Con. They didn't do one this past year, but I did it the year before. It was the first year they did it. Ancient Aliens, um, History they Channel. They actually did have one this yeah, year. They did. Oh, they I did. Oh, yeah. it just happened. around here, yeah, right? Yeah, just oh, went, yeah, yeah. Okay, they didn't Pasadena. do They did 2016. They took 2017 off. And um, it was amazing. I got to go up there and be like the like pod, official podcast for it or whatever, go around and interview people. I got to interview Katie Sackoff from Battlestar Galactica, the actress who was Starbuck. But anyway, I, that was the best. <laughs> but like, you know, but the subculture that exists, you've got like all these ancient, uh, not ancient, I mean, they... They looked ancient. They were so old. Yeah. Some of the oldest, like, original guys who wore the Godzilla suits from, like, Japanese movies were hanging out there. <laughs> um, Tom Skerritt is there from That's Aliens. So there's like, And so there's all this other stuff. And it's weird because you do have, like, subculture infighting to a certain degree. Um, people come up and be like, so what's your podcast about? And I'd be like, oh, you know, I like anything par- – to me, paranormal is anything outside normal. Yeah. Um, and they're like, so not just aliens? I'm like, no, no. And he's like, well, it's mostly aliens, though. And I was like, well, no, tell, don't tell that to a ghost hunter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they're going to be like, well, paranormal is all about finding ghosts. Right. Well, well, aliens, too. No, no, it's about ghosts. It's like, so it's like Star this, Trek versus uh, Star Wars. Yeah. How there's like that weird fight between those two groups. Exactly. And so you have, there's a great group. They used to be MUFON LA. Now they're UPARs. Uh, UFO Paranormal Research Society of Los Angeles. Oh, Once, really? Third Tuesday of every month at the Universalist Church in uh, Studio City. Uh, they have great speakers come out and talk about spe- uh, the secret space program, uh, you know, Bigfoot, like really? all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's I, great. I get that info. I'll next time, I'll hit you up the next time I'm going so you can go with me if you want. So listen, I want to hear a little bit about, because we got about 20 minutes left. I like. Do you got any? First of all, we got to hear about the shape shifter, and then I'd like <laughs> to hear about like any personal experiences that you might have with either UFOs or ghosts or any of that stuff. Well, I mean, there's like <clears throat> some. There's never a lot of happy ghost stories, <laughs> right? You know, and uh, I've talked to a ton of people who have grown up in haunted houses. I've talked to enough to last me a hundred more lifetimes to believe in the existence of the afterlife of some kind or of ghosts or of specters because people will always say, well, there's no scientific evidence. It's like, well, millions of people are all crazy. Yeah. They're all stupid. Right. Um, but I grew up in Dayton, Ohio, like a suburb of Dayton, Ohio. Now, Dayton, Ohio is an interesting area. Because I call it ghetto country where it's like it's, it's, like it's, it's redneckish. You know, it's, uh, it's Ohio, redneckish. But it's like kind of hoodish too, in a weird kind of yeah. way. You know, it's like this weird, like upstate New York, where I'm from. I call it ghetto country. Like we got a lot of country, but we also got a lot of hood in there. Yeah, your your pants could be down by your knees, but you still say y'all. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, there's uh, you nailed it with that description. Like I didn't know primer was a. Uh, I thought my whole life primer was just a color of car people yeah, bought. Right, you know, before right. I left town. Yeah, but it's like. It's an interest. Southern Ohio, there's certain parts of it that are allegedly incredibly haunted. And you've got like the Underground Railroad history in oh, Cincinnati shit. and Kentucky uh, there as well. Um, so there's all kinds of stuff. And not to mention Native American bur- burial grounds everywhere. Um, and uh, 
So you, I grew up outside in this place called Kettering, and there was a place called Waynesville. And a girl that went to my school that I grew up with, her and her brother, grew up in this house that was so haunted, apparently. So crazy haunted. Kind of out in the middle of nowhere in the country. To the point where, like, her friends wouldn't stay the night anymore at her house. Really? Because one night, her and a bunch of, like, little girlfriends when they were young went to, like, a restaurant, like, TGA Fridays or whatever, you know, for her birthday. But anyway, like, and, like, markers and shit were flying like levitating and moving across the room. And and then another time when she had a, like a birthday dinner, uh, she had balloons in her room and she had a clown figurine. I know this is perfect, right? Of yeah. course she did. <laughs> yeah. And a, a clown figurine just kind of doing a pose like, you know, one arm up towards the sky and then the other arm down. And she woke up the next morning and the clown was holding the balloons. Like the strings, you know, that little ribbon Shut wrapped up. around the hand. And and I, I preface the whole thing saying there's not a lot of happy like no, that's like creepy. like oh I didn't get in my taxes done and I woke up the next day and they were all they were all done yeah, yeah. somebody some ghost no came in and, ghost and did, did my whole taxes ghost uh, assistance se- yeah separated all my receipts yeah um, but then recently I found out unfortunately that her older brother who was my brother's age my brother was a year above me and uh, the girl who lived there was a year below me and but the brother. Um, who grew up in that haunted house apparently rec- very recently uh, killed himself and nobody really knows like what the what the deal was what he did and the first thing and I know it's it's not it's probably disrespectful and I, I will admit that but my first thought was what did that fucking house do to him right right and to me like what does growing up in a house that has maybe an evil spirit or like a dark energy what does it do to a person? And we get used to things. We adjust, right? And like people grow up in haunted houses all the time, and then they just like, you know what? I just started ignoring the ghosts because I, you know, I can't live my life every day like, <gasps> yeah, <laughs> right. You know, you just can't live like that. And then, so part of me wonders like, what, what happened? You know, like why? What happened to this guy? And I don't know his story, and I didn't keep in touch with him after high school. You know, other than my brother told me the story not too long ago, and I brought the first thing I, I was like, "That house." He goes, "The house," and I go, "How haunted their house was." I wonder if you know, because I think he was there when he did it, and and we just both sat there like, huh, kind of freaked out. You, you know? think its house is still there? Um, I don't know. I'd I'd have to like. I'd have to go back and like talk, and I haven't talked to her in years either. So to know what's going on, the activity in that house, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's been gone or if they would even have been. Oh, when we were younger, we used to think it was haunted because it was fun. They might just <laughs> say that, you know. Like so, I have no idea. But like when it comes to like personally, I've never felt haunted. Um, recently, I have been having like situations where I'm like. I keep feeling like I'm seeing something like out of the corner of my eye, like in a parking garage or yeah. something like that. Because I did do a Ouija board in my house with some friends and we contacted what I believe to be an entity um, that was a skeptic's um, wife from multiple lives. So it was a very friendly thing because I kind of sa- – I tried to do my Plot, best to set skeptic's up. skeptic's wife from multiple one lives? One of the guys – there was four of us. Three of them were on the planchet, which is the thing that moves around. And I was – Taking notes. You always have to have someone taking notes. Yeah, the court stenographer? You, you do. Because okay. you can't keep your hand on the planchet as it's moving. And then you'll, there's no way you'll remember because sometimes it moves too fast. Someone has to be there 
taking notes, seeing it, observing, to keep up because you'll never remember. Writing the question down and then keeping track of the different letters it goes to. Okay. And so he was the biggest skeptic. It was myself, uh, a friend of mine who's like a real witch, and she's an artist out of Canada. Man. So, and then another friend of hers, which is, <laughs> right? You roll with it. I love magic. Crew. I'm in really into chaos. Sometime, uh, another time, if you want, we can talk about chaos magic. I know, I think you've talked yeah, to Jason Love. Yeah, we had Love. Jason Love on. He's yeah. amazing. I love he that He is guy. amazing. And he's a wonderful person. He, he's so cool. And he's very, I mean, he's just a library in his head. Yeah. It's amazing. But I love chaos magic. But um, we can talk about that later. Um some other time it's just want. more fun to believe in all this it right? really is it really is i mean i'm i got rocks on me usually all the time like i got a tiger's eye like but like i did a magic i did some magic i think last weekend because a friend of mine texted me she's like oh you're a cancer this full moon it's in aquarius like this is your power full moon you have to do something tonight and so i like i had something i really wanted in my life to be done so I did some, you know, straight up magic for it. I love that, but dude. I it's really meditation. All comes back to meditation. If you believe it, it's yeah. it, it's there's a point to it's real, right? If sure. you believe it, like there's nothing actually. I, I, it's almost like there's nothing real, only perception, right? And if you there's a thousand things going on right now, and what you perceive, what you want to see, is what is the reality. There's a million realities. Yeah. There's just what is your perceived reality and what do you perceive? So if you believe in something, there is it validates it that there's some truth to it. No doubt. And I think that's what that's what everything is about. The experience. Yeah. Like I think uh who is it? Aldous Huxley and Doors of Perception, talking you know, talking about being on mescaline or whatever, and like what is he noticing? Like in like realizing this chair, the smallest detail of a chair is the most beautiful thing in the world, right? Um and like it's what do we what do we focus on, what do we zero in yes. on, and what do we let the world unwittingly make us focus on yes. in those moments? Those really shape your life, and they and they it's like it's really difficult. But like, and it's also like I think the beauty of like some of this paranormal equipment, like when you go like on investigations, like there's people who will tweak a camera to make it full spectrum. I have a question. Yeah. Um, can you just buy any Ouija board? I found one for twenty bucks. Will that work? If a fan wanted, if a fan yeah, was yeah. like, "Hey, you know what? This guy made me want to do it." Can, anything work? You can, can you go, make your own. Go to Toys R Us. At, well, they're oh, not shit. even. Well, no, you can go pretty much any store that sells games. I got mine at the uh, Toys R Us. So he listen. He's Mexican, right? So he says, but he is Mexican. <laughs> if he got a oh, should he like if he gets a Ouija board, right? Is he are is he doing Ouija in Spanish or is he doing Ouija? It's in up English? to you. It's up to me. It's well, up to you. You can make your own Ouija board, which I've done. I've done a homemade Ouija board before with a friend of mine who's kind of a witch, and you use a shot. <laughs> so you glass. have witches? What else do you got? Well, in they're your just life? like <laughs> <laughs> I got witches. I got healers. Um, You're like true blood, dog. You got like <laughs> vampires and lions and tigers and bears. Oh my! <laughs> but like, I mean, I don't know. There's a real, there's a real emergence of witches, um, which I love. I remember uh, in the 80s, man, they scared us with witches. These poor girls came to our school, and they were brand new, and they dressed all in black. And now I look back, like, they were kind of uh, a little heavy set, and they were just a little <laughs> – but, like, they're literally just trying to find something to give them a, a validation that makes them feel special. And – they picked witches, right? And like back then when we were like, you know, Ozzy was like the devil. We were like, the devil's coming. Like, he beat the head off a bat, you man. Know? And you think about like what we perceived, 
who the devil, who are the devil worshippers and who really are the devil worshippers and how like we're all looking over here and these motherfuckers are over here. It's really the person uh, Pointing, you know, giving probably. suspension to the girl who's dressed as the witch. Right? That's the, who the real devil worshippers. Yeah. But it's like to me witchcraft and like being, uh, whether it's paganism or Wiccan, um, all this kind of like magic, it's, it's empowerment. And especially if you're a woman. And in the last 50 years, I mean, where does a young woman find sense of power? Where does she like try to empower herself? And to me, there's a huge connect. I've talked to a lot of women who are into magic, who are also artists and who are like empaths or intuitive and things like this. And to me, it's like it's a way of self-expression and empowerment in a world that doesn't favor them or at least hasn't for a long, long time. And to me, that's it's like a beautiful it's a beautiful thing. Uh, trying to corral the forces of nature, um, this invisibleness that is all around us. How do we affect change uh, or affect outcome by by harnessing power and energy in some kind of way, whether it's yoga, prayer, or chaos magic? We're all doing the same shit. We're just trying to affect outcome in our favor, usually, right? And to me, it's like if you find something that works for you, do St- it. Do it until it doesn't anymore. Tell me about, honestly, the shape-shifting girl. So here's what happens. This was years ago. I was right? living, I got to hear about I was living in L.A. <laughs> I've lived in L.A. like five or six times. When I was like 21 years old, I'm like, How old are you, a thousand years old? I'm like you 40, just I'm go, 42. What are you, a fucking <laughs> Highlander? <laughs> I've lived here a thousand times. In 1847. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, you Keanu Reeves are yeah. just like never aging. <laughs> I remember when I built Culver City. Yeah. Uh, no, there was... Uh, this was, I, oh gosh, it's, the timeline is a little hazy for me, but it's probably, it's roughly 14 years ago, and, uh, or 15 years ago, and uh, I'm running a really shitty open mic at Miyagi's. Dude, Miyagi's, people don't realize that, dude. What, that, was, uh, that was Jay Davis's second kind of room at, I don't know if you remember Dublin's way back in the day, what a great... Across the street, yeah, right? And it was, uh, Miyagi's was... Uh, so this was like 15 years ago or something. Yeah. I was running – my buddy, this guy who was a comic at the time, I think he's still doing some stuff. Andrew Hunt was his name. And he was a waiter there. I was a bar back. And we ran up on the third floor. They made it look like Miyagi's backyard from the yeah. Karate Kid. Yeah. And it was the worst open mic in the world because there was a big pool of water that would just swallow any laughs or any jokes yeah. coming yeah, yeah, from yeah, either yeah, direction. Yeah, 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 yeah. And on the other end of the pond was usually uh, tourists from another country who didn't understand English yeah. at all. Or coked out chicks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was awful. And you know who I met there was Earl Skakel. And, yes. Uh, and he was always there. And we only did. Still grinding. Yeah, it was very short-lived. It was a very short-lived operation. And um, this one time this girl shows up and she does comedy for the very first time. And she gets off stage or whatever and I'm hosting. And then she's gone. And I come back off stage and the bartender who's a friend of mine, he goes, hey, that girl who's just on stage, she wrote something in your notebook. And I was like, she wrote something in my notebook? Yeah. That's like opening a diary. Oh, dude. Yeah. Like, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> so I find the page, and it's just her name and her phone number. So I was like, I will let this. I will accept okay, this. Okay, okay, So I call her later, and she says, and we're talking, and she says, are you spontaneous? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, let's hang out right now. And it's pretty late. And, uh, and at the time, I was living in the Hollywood Hills on an air mattress that had a hole yeah. in it and a sectioned off part of You're my mansion. You're only about 300 years old at yeah, this yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a much younger man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so we go hang out, right? And at the time, now this sounds bonkers, and I know how it sounds, and it's fine. At the time, and I'm not, you know, and who knows now, 
I used to believe I had a lizard living inside my brain. Like I would have this weird feeling and the sensation in the back lower part of my skull where I felt like something was trying to get out. It was this weird feeling. So the only way to describe it was there's a lizard trying to get out of my brain, right? You wanted to be a priest? Yeah, well, when I was a kid, yeah. <laughs> well, I was long past all that shit now. Um, but like now I was into like, oh, we, oh, okay, never mind. But Well, you know, dude, they, they, someone, I saw something on Instagram. I know it's going to sound crazy, but they showed how a cobra looks, right? And then they showed your nervous system in your brain. And it is the same kind of like... The way the, the cobra sits and the, the way your brain and the shape. Yeah, is very similar. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I, I don't know whether or not, like, I still don't know what to make of it all other than this was back when, like, the, before the internet was really the internet. Right. Right. So, um, so the research capabilities back then weren't nearly, they were pretty bad, I guess you could say. So we're hanging out smoking. This was back when I was smoking, and I was like, oh, yeah, I got this lizard in my brain. You know, sometimes it tries to get out. Every time it's very active, I know a big change is happening in my life, you know? And she's like, you're a fucking weirdo. And I was like, yeah, most people think so. And uh, <laughs> she goes, well, then I could tell you this. You're so weird. I could tell you this. And I was like, what? Lay it on me. And uh, she goes, I change. Things happen to me. I change. Um, I can't control them. I've been an outcast in my family ever since I was a kid. Um, she's of Middle Eastern descent, um, you know, of the Muslim religion, uh, Islam. And uh, so I was like, what do you mean you change? She's like, I just like morph or like I can't control it and it freaks people out. People think I'm the devil. And I was like, this sounds cool. You're like an X-Men. Like this is the coolest shit, right? <laughs> and she's like, no, not, not. people don't think that. And I was like, well, I'm not people. I'm the guy who's got a lizard in his brain. Whatever it takes to get laid at this right? point, right? So, <laughs> yep. so flash forward to, I don't know, a few weeks later. Uh, we're hanging out at her place. And I should say, for, like, for some reason, this makes people like, believe more. She was literally a rocket scientist. Worked out uh, by LAX at a company, private company. She had designed software that is in satellites floating around the earth right now. So uh, we're in her bed after sex. And I'd forgotten about this part until she reminded me years later. And Are you guys still close at all? Do you still know her? I haven't talked to her in a little while, but uh, I still know her, yeah. And so I look over, and she's like 5'2", uh, Middle Eastern, 110 pounds soaking wet. I look over, and she's a white chick. There's like a blonde-haired white chick in my bed. For like, you know, it's like this happens as fast. What? I and I freak out. I freaked out. Have you ever had a moment where you thought that reality was no longer within your grasp? Like uh, there's a musician, Adam Fawcett, who's got this great crazy story about whether it's sleep paralysis or a demon or whatever it is. Anyways, he says the line, I always thought I was going to go crazy when I was younger. And it wasn't until this moment that I realized, "Eh, I guess it's finally happened. Yeah. And that captures it beautifully, what I thought. I always thought I might go crazy. And then when that happened, I'm like, I'm fucking crazy now. I guess I'm just crazy Ryan for the rest of his life. Right. I freak out. She notices something has happened. She assumes something has happened uh, uh, with the shifting and the yeah. morphing, shape shifting. Because when she appears to be someone else, she doesn't see it. Oh. She doesn't see what she appears. She still and so she she's like, oh, my God, did it happen? Did it happen? I'm like, where am I? And she's like, you're in my apartment. I was like, where's your apartment? She's like, Culver City. I'm like, where's Culver City? She's like, California. I'm like, where's California? She's like, Earth. And we had to keep doing that, like boom, 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 zooming out and zooming back in. And I'm like cradling on her. But I'm freaking, the, you know. And uh, I leave. I just leave. And so um, she was very angry at me. And so we come back to a couple weeks later, like she's finally agreed 
to talk to me again or whatever. And so then uh, we're supposed to have another date a little after that. And she cancels on me. I have a voicemail that says, can't hang out tonight. It's happened again. Oh, my God. So I get in my car. I drove over there. Shape-shifting again. So I drive over to her apartment. I go, what happened? She goes, I can't tell you anything. I'm a freak. And I'm like, just let me in. Come on, let me in. I'm on my phone. And she finally lets me in. And she's got like a huge sweatshirt on and like shorts. And she lets me in. I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? I'm like, I'm cool this time. It's happened once. I freaked out. Now I'm on board. And she goes, I'm at work. A woman who I work with is pregnant. She stops in front of my desk and starts having a conversation with someone for maybe a minute or two. And she looks so happy. And I think to myself, look how happy she is. I wish I was happy like that. And then she walks off. No big deal. And then soon after, I notice my clothes are no longer starting to fit me anymore. She's expanding. And so she calls her boss and says, I don't feel well. She goes home. And I was like, what, what, what do you, what do you mean? She goes, I became pregnant. And you're like, Oh, is this my fucking kid? I was like, this is some fast acting (laughs) tonight, you know? (laughs) Like, and so I'm like, you became pregnant. And she goes like, yeah. I go, are you still pregnant? And she goes, you're going to think I'm a freak. I'm a freak. And I'm like, please, no, trust me. I grew up in Southern Ohio. All my sisters had babies when they were like 17, 18 years old. I yeah. get it. Like I've been around pregnant women. It doesn't freak me out. She lifts up her sweatshirt. She has what appears to be like a large beach ball that she's swallowed. Oh, my God. She's like, I'm touching it. You know, I'm, doing, I'm putting my ear up. There's no, obviously no baby in there. Um, but, uh, and she's just straight up pregnant, dude. And then after like. But there's no kid in there. There's no kid in there. I mean. So we're like, well, you clearly there's no way you're really pregnant. Let's, and she had a, I was like, do you have something to drink? I mean, so we drink like a bottle of wine, wake up the next day, and she's boom, back to normal. And here's the funny thing about shared experiences of like the extraordinary too. We never really talked about it afterwards. And I know a lot of people have that experience where they'll experience whether a ghost or some other paranormal crazy thing, and they don't really have conversations about it later Um, because it's kind of so mind-blowing maybe I don't really know why the phenomena exists where people don't talk about it afterwards oh my god and so I start the podcast years later because of her because now I believe in everything right and I'm like what else is out there and then but she wouldn't talk to me about it because she said it aggravates it oh makes it more active oh my god So 10 years go by where I don't see her. And then I'm on the road somewhere in the middle of the country. And she's had to leave L.A. And she's had to move a bunch of different places because her life is chaos for obvious reasons. And we decide to meet up because we hadn't seen each other in over 10 years. We meet up. And it's like we didn't miss a second. And our relationship was very volatile. That's why it didn't last. It was crazy, right? So then I go, listen, you know I do the podcast because of you and – you know, and, uh, and other things. But, like, I just need to talk to you about what happened because it's been over a decade. I feel like I'm crazy, and I don't know if I made all this up. I need to know I'm not an insane person. So I can at least tell my friends, hey, remember that shapeshifter stuff? That was all <laughs> – I made that up. I was sick for a minute, you know. And so we start talking for a minute, and she goes, you know what? Go get your microphones and do it before I change my mind. So we recorded the conversation. It was about almost two hours. Um, which I thought she would never speak to me about it. And uh, so she actually did for the uh, 
for the what podcast. episode is that number 76 uh, on your uh, me and paranormal me, me and paranormal you it's number All 76 right. i've also got it on uh, youtube i put it up on youtube because right. it's, we're gonna listen to that dude. yeah and it's uh i feel yeah. like i could talk to you for hours yeah we, we'll have to do another chat no we'll do it i gotta get you on mine too we'll, well talk i would really like to stuff. include you uh, i'm trying to get all the tribes together and not just the conspiracy like the geopolitical uh tribes but also the paranormal the ufologist and the you know all the cryptoids and all those people uh all under thing to start doing stand-up i i didn't know you i know as I researched you, I learned that you did stand up. So um, I would, you know, I'm going to start putting together these shows, both locally and if they do well on the road. I, I go with Eddie Bravo out, but I, I'd love to have you do a couple shows with us and uh, get it going. And we'll because I know there's other people like Kira Stotanovich. She does a lot of paranormal stuff. Oh, She's I love a, Kira. Yeah, her and uh, my buddy Karen Rontowski. Yeah, we've had them on. They're yeah, wonderful. They're they actually predicted most likely that my co-host was going to leave. Oh, wow, that's interesting. On the show, they go, someone will betray you. And everyone's like, oh, whatever. <laughs> so then he leaves, and everybody's on Twitter going, dude, those psychics told you it was going to happen. They're really great. It is great. Uh, real quick, tell them about your album that's about to drop. Uh, it's my fourth album. Uh, free Love is the name of it. On October 12th, it'll be free everywhere, except iTunes, four ninety nine on iTunes. Um, but everywhere else, Amazon, on my website, Ryan Singer Comedy, uh, it'll have a link for the download because I want everybody to have it for free. Uh, we, we need some love. It's got some of the tracks are called Reincarnation. I believe in Bigfoot, Crystals and Magic, um, Talk to Your Water. Um, I mean, it's all like it's I all love it, dude. paranormal kind of based, like believing in love too, trying to like change the mentality and like listening to people and like understanding it, why we hate. Uh, I love it. Trying to figure out how to love. Is it possible? How can we do it? I think it's great, man. Uh, I want to bring you into the fold. We'll do some shows together. Oh, yeah. This was fun, buddy. I appreciate it. Xavier, thanks for sitting on. Wasn't a lot to look up, but we'll get you a Ouija board, and we'll get that thing fucking rocking. 20 bucks. Uh, 20 bucks, dog. (laughs) 20 bucks. 20 bucks. We'll go to the flea market, find $5 one, dog. Uh, You guys are great. Uh, Aaron, I got to find the sound clip. I'm still looking for it, but real quick thoughts. Uh, I mean, it's one of those things again where it's like, okay, I mean, I would be totally cool if this was all real, but I don't know. <laughs> He's such a piece of shit, right? I love you, Aaron. If it was all real, yeah. Okay, um, we should have Aaron sit down and listen to that episode and just see what he thinks. He doesn't believe anything, so don't please don't take it personal. No, I don't. Trust me, I've been uh, I've been out about this way too long to take anything personal. Dude, he literally called Jason Love like uh, boring. He like I fell asleep. I'm like, what the fuck? He is has love? a great voice. Who? It was very soothing. <laughs> uh, he, he has a great voice. No, Jason Jason Love. Yeah. Well, you have a great voice too. Yeah, I well, like yeah, Ryan does too. Of course, You'd yeah. be doing coast to coast if you wanted to. Uh, but it was a great episode, man. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for sticking with me. I promise you it will keep growing, and uh, we'll do it again soon. So thank you guys very much, and uh, we'll see you on the next one.